Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dismaniacs Podcast. This week's cast is brought to you by Dismania and Latitude 64. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Dismaniacs Podcast. Thank you everybody that has been listening so far and showing all the love and support. Uh, we really appreciate it. This episode, we are back uh, with myself, obviously, and Jaime is back with us, and Hello. we have a very, very special guest, I would say, Super a double very. very yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, Chris Brubreck. Dude, thank you for coming out and hanging out with us today, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, so um, for for kind of just those who are unaware of who you are, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know. But uh, just for those out there that maybe aren't familiar with, with the name, um, could you just explain maybe just kind of what your role is um, in disc golf real quick? Um. As far as the company goes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my name's Chris. Welcome. Thank you, everybody. Um, I am the online sales manager. So basically what that entails is inventory management, website management. A lot of the stuff you see on Discmania.net is, is monitored and regulated by me. I manage a lot of the... Discmania inventory that goes on there as far as the direct-to-consumer business goes. I have a little bit to do with the business-to-business side of it, but I think lately been more with Discmania. Cool. That side, I plan a lot of the campaigns, mystery boxes, things like that, and much how it's been so far. And he does a wonderful job at it. As you can see, these mystery boxes are hot. <laughs> they are hot fire for sure um yeah so i mean from from what i understand from kind of an outside perspective whenever i think about you and kind of your role with this mania i just kind of think like basically if it's if it's customer facing if it's like media or um you know like emailing uh, the regular like Dismania email and stuff like that. Basically, if if somebody's interacting with the company, it's either directly with you or like somehow associated with you. Is that like kind of a a fair assumption? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I'm I'm the personal touch to the company. Basically, if you're you're talking to Discmania, you're talking to me or through me. Right, right. And you know, I I provide a feel to the company that I think people can relate to. And we establish, establish relationships that people can connect with me and through Discmania. And I think, you know, I, I feel like I have a lot of friends out there that I've never met before, just simply based on our interaction together throughout the years. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. Um, and we had Austin Montgomery on the podcast uh, what was that like three episodes ago, something like that? Uh, I think it was episode three. Yeah, podcasts. Yeah, yeah. So a few episodes ago, um, we had him on, and he's kind of more the business side. So it, this is this is really cool. I'm I'm really excited for everybody to get to know that side as well. Um, kind of more the like you said, not not so much business to business, but more the personal side and stuff like that. So I'm super excited. 
Um, I'm probably going to say this a million times, but you know, so thanks for the opportunity to, um, to talk with you on the podcast about this stuff. Um, so, so yeah, really cool to have you, um, kind of before I dive super deep into, into kind of your history and your relationship with this golf. And like, I have a ton of questions for you. Um, before we get into there, I kind of just want to catch up a little bit. Um, maybe keep it a little bit light to start out with, just see, uh, you know, check in with Jaime real quick. How's, how's life been for you lately? How's, uh, how's the disc golf game coming along the past couple Life's weeks? been good. Life's been good. Uh, disc golf's awesome and good. I'm excited. Finally, weather's been warming up here. Um, got a tournament, my first tournament of the year, uh, coming up on Sunday, two rounds. Nice. Um, playing with some big guns out here in Colorado. Scared. I'm also on featured card found out today. Ooh, let's so, go. I'm scared. Never did that before. I don't know why they want this 948 rated chump be, uh, <laughs> be featured, but I'm here. Um, so that's happening. Uh, I'm excited. Getting the bag ready. Make sure I got everything I need, all the tools of destruction. Hell yeah. And that's that's pretty much it. And the work's been going. Work's busy, which is good. Ooh, that's always a that's always a good sign for us on the on the receiving end here. When I when I hear you guys are busy, that means things are in the work for for us fans too. So that'll be. I'm excited to see what you guys got in store over the next few months. So. That's cool, man. We're also excited. <laughs> I bet. Um, cool, man. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's been pretty much same old, same old. Just playing my my local short courses. Uh, it has been nice here as well. So, um, like I've been talking about, I've been trying to smooth down the form a little bit, make sure I'm not hurting myself. And the warmer it gets, the less likely it is I hurt myself. So... <laughs> I've, that's always good yeah so i mean with the sun comes further easier drives so i've been i've been really loving that lately um here a comes the sun yep um yeah uh atlas my dog i've been taking him more and more disc golfing and he's turning into an awesome disc golf dog so that's really exciting i honestly had no expectations for him to be like you know super chill around people because mm-hmm. he's an australian shepherd so he's a little bit high strung just yeah. by nature he still barks at people from time to time like if if we're halfway through a round and he kind of knows the herd now, or like the card and then somebody okay. else walks across another fairway then he's kind of okay. at you know not at ease but he's getting over that which is pretty cool like i'm seeing him chill out way more so okay I'm now, excited. This... Sorry, you sound like you'd be a good uh, doves partner for you. You know, you're trying to. Oh, sorry, my dog Bart. You <laughs> well, missed your putt. I'm he... so sorry. Yeah, he can probably putt better than me. So yeah, that would probably. <laughs> I'll handle the drives. He'll handle the putts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. So I'm excited. Maybe by the end of the summer, I'll be a full blown, you know, guy who brings his dog to the course all the time, which would be pretty sick. I honestly, it's kind of something awesome. I always dreamed of, and it's happening. So. I'm excited. <laughs> um, now, maybe I missed it, but what is the reason behind the naming for the dog? Uh, so, I mean, I I don't really. I think I just wanted something like a like a Greek god or like a Titan, you know, something okay. in the Greek mythology realm, and I just kind of like the lore of atlas it's the titan that 
Hercules sure. tricked into holding up. I think I can't remember it. I always get confused of if he's holding up the earth or if he's holding up the, the heavens and he's on earth. Mm-hmm. But one of those things, I always kind of like that, uh, that archetype of, um, you know, shouldering burdens, you know, even if they're like forced upon you type thing, not that I want to like force burdens on my dog, but I don't know, <laughs> just, just cool lore. And then my cat is named Gaia, which is also from Greek mythology. It's like the, the mother of everything basically, or like earth basically. So I've got a real, real Greek tragedy brewing up over here in my place. <laughs> But uh, Good. I like it. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, how about you, Chris? Like you've been you've been playing disc golf uh, over the past like month or so. How's how's like your your winter game going? I suppose, <laughs> or does it go? It, it, it basically consists of showing up, making excuses to everybody publicly, and then uh, <laughs> Be- how it goes, how it goes. But I, I just <laughs> learned that Jaime and I are going to be doubles partners before uh, yes, sir. local tournament here st patty's meltdown so Ooh. Uh, i have promised to hone in my putting game again uh so far i have thrown about six putts yesterday <laughs> <laughs> that's a good start and um, it's better than no putts yeah they went forward for sure excellent um, excellent start. That's, that's the best report i can so far <laughs> sounds like we're gonna win yeah i mean historically i've never been a very good putter i can I have my ups and downs, and if I really put my best foot forward with practice putting, then I'll have a good week too, I suppose. But I can generally get the job done proficiently enough out on the course with my throws that I can, you know, especially with doubles, I can rely on somebody such as Jaime, who is a gifted putter, to compliment my game. So yes. I, I have enough in my toolbox to help out as much as I can. Got a good chance. <laughs> Yeah, Chris has, like, honestly, like, all his shots, sorry to interrupt, but all your shots, like, Chris has a very good backhand, a very good sidearm, and also, like, if there's not a sidearm or a backhand shot for him, being a lefty, he also has a phenomenal thumber. So, like, he has it all, he has the tricks, so, yeah, there you go. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, and, and I do have to clarify for the general audience that, we have to remember that these men are comparing themselves to the top open players pretty much. I mean, the Colorado disc golf scene has a lot of talent in it. I mean, as does a lot of places, you know, Massachusetts, Portland, SoCal, all that stuff. But I, I've seen this man, I've seen this man putt before and it's, let's just say the mechanics are, are solid are there. So, um, he's being modest for sure. Um, yeah so i'll just throw that out there (laughs) but that's cool man i'm i'm glad you guys are able to get out and hang out it's it's pretty cool to for those of us again on on the consumer side just to hear some of the camaraderie that happens you know that you guys are actually like doing events and all that stuff outside of what you're obligated to you know what i mean so so that's pretty cool speaks to the vibe a little bit well, cool guys. Um, so yeah, I guess since Marty starting to grill you, I, I was kind of curious about, uh, I guess we start at the beginning. Um, how, how did you kind of get introduced into disc golf? Like, was it, 
were you always kind of part of that Colorado scene? Because I know like Eagle, Austin, a couple other people in Colorado kind of just all grew up in disc golf. But like, I don't know, is, was that the case for you or, or how did disc golf come about in your life, I guess? Not really. Um, I'm a golfer by nature. That's, you know, I mean. A golfer? Yeah, yeah. It's always been one of my goals. I grew up golfing. I played golf in high school. And then I got involved in the, the working industry with golf, with golf course maintenance. And my sister, you know, she did the same. She's she's six years older than I am. So I kind of followed in her footsteps a little bit. And I've always been enamored with, you know, horticulture and flora and the fauna and stuff like that. And, and really found peace and solace and maintaining something like that. And I think that that's something that I still carry with me to this day. I, I really find a lot of meaning in that kind of stuff. And that's kind of where the, the dots got connected. Disc golf is because you know, it was pastime for me. I, I picked up disc golf when I probably, I, I think it was even after my senior year of high school, uh, we had a buddy that worked at a local ski resort and he was a gifted athlete and, and the competitor in me wanted to immediately whoop him. <laughs> And so, you know, it started as a social pastime with a small core group of friends. And I, I really got hooked on it. And I, I realized that, you know, of course, I can't be a professional golfer. So maybe that this would be another good option for me that I could pursue. And, you know, at first it was the thing to get away from your parents and do what kids do. And. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it developed into so much more. And then I went to CSU my freshman year and I met a lot of good people. I, I, I basically grew up in a town where I was the only one playing disc golf. Basically my friends disappeared, at least the participant disc golf. And so I kind of played alone and I showed up to this town of Fort Collins and I found the local club scene and it took a little while for them to warm up to me. And I, I thought I had talents and, of course, I, I was wrong, but I, I had a head start on, on, on it. You know, I, I basically taught myself how to play this game. And so the things that I thought I knew weren't actually all true, but I, I, you know, I'm an athletic person. So a lot of things came easily to me. I wasn't the best at everything, but I could learn quickly. And so I, you know, I made friends with a lot of the local people in the area and met one guy, his name was Pete Givens, and he worked at a local disc golf shop here is the right life which you've heard austin talk about before yeah. so that's kind of how i got my foot in the door there and just kind of gradually worked my way into the system and realized yeah maybe maybe my future as a player isn't going to happen but i sure like money and i'd like to make a job <laughs> out of this thing yeah for sure yeah and so you got a job with with right life and that's the same shop that Austin worked at, right? Yes. So did you did you know Austin before that? Did did you guys start working there at the same time or like how did how did that all line up timeline wise? I started working there shortly prior to his arrival. So I'm a, I'm a year older than he is, so my freshman year was 2009 in the fall. So that's kind of how 
my journey started. I met Pete and introduced. <laughs> it's a long story about how I got get a job at the Riley. Anyway, Austin followed a year <laughs> later in 2010, and that's how we got connected. Oh, cool. And we weren't the best of friends at first when we first came head to head at leagues. Well, you guys were. I mean, this seems to be a super common thread between almost everybody that works at Dismania is that all you guys are hyper competitive. So yeah, we are, we are. And uh, it's, I, yeah. <laughs> Confirmed. Yeah. I mean, basically he, he shows up and he had been playing for a long time, much longer than me. And he sees the only other young kid out there and I'm putting and we basically have a stare off. <laughs> it's just wild, the, wild west. There's just like a whistle and a tumbleweed uh, rolls across. There were pretty much no words said, but we were, <laughs> he and I were just one and one practice putting at this basket. <laughs> you know, the, the rest like, is he, history. He makes but... a putt, you step like two steps further back and make a putt. He steps back a couple more. Is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One look was worth a thousand words for sure. And we get paired and up. And, uh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, over the next year and a half or so, we eventually figured it all out and started hanging out a bunch. I mean, I, I don't exactly know the exact details, but I, I remember that first encounter, there was certainly a territory battle to be had. And, uh, yeah, it was good. It was something I'll remember forever. <laughs> I've heard this story from both angles multiple times. And let me tell you, chat, it never gets old. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, how long did it take you guys? Well, so you met him, and then you guys become friends before he comes and works with you at Right Life, or like, how did that? Think, did he just? I think probably yes. I had a little bit to do with his hiring there. I think, but it does the okay. extent of that doesn't really go too far. It was more of just like. Hey, you guys! Here's here's my friend that's looking for a job, and sure. I at least did my my part to put in a good word. It's not like I really had that much to do with the whole thing, but I, right. I tried my best to help. Yeah, yeah, not taking anything away from his own merits or whatever that they got him there. Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, Austin was certainly plenty qualified in the disc golf world already, so it was a pretty easy choice for them to make. Sure. Yeah. And- it sounds like he was he was already pretty well cemented in the in the community at that point. So interesting, yeah. cool stuff. Um, so then you work at Right Life. You're at this point probably playing disc golf. I mean, are you still trying to compete at that point? Like, are you playing open and still trying to like figure out if the professional side is something worth pursuing? Or once you started working there you pretty much switched to the your for your main focus to be on the business side or was it a mix or how did that kind of pan out? That's interesting to reflect on for sure, because I've never really thought about it, but I, I don't think I ever once considered this is going to be future. I want to be a touring pro. I want to be a world champion. At the very least, I wanted to do both and excel disc golf, but I've always been kind of a career oriented 
person. And hmm. it, it's just, it's kind of surreal to me because I've never actually really thought about this topic before. <laughs> that's why, that's why I'm on here. You know, I'm, I'm gunning for that 30 for 30 slot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, that, you know, that's what I've always wanted to do all along. You know, I found something that was very similar. I mean, golf is where my heart is, where my roots are. Yeah. Um, and I found this thing that emulates every bit of golf, you know, but has more of a grassroots feel to it still. still. And I thought to that, oh, hey, let's let's make something out of this. And so never once have did I ever think I just want to, you know, be like the people you see on TV. I want to work in it. And maybe with my knowledge of the golf world, perhaps I can combine that a little bit with this new thing that I, I really enjoy. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, it's definitely a much different perspective and I don't mean to just keep comparing you and Austin because I hope that's not the vibe you're getting, but just because, you know, you, you two are such, I mean, I know Erno and UC and, you know, all, all them like at, at a corporate level have a lot to do with what's going on in Dismania USA. But just, just so everybody knows on the audience level and so that hopefully you guys don't get the idea that I'm like just super comparing that these two guys are what makes Dismania USA. Like they're, they're, they're the heart, you know, if like Jaime and, all the warehouse workers and sorry, like Adam and uh, Kevin and, you know, all those guys are, are the limbs, you know, I feel like you two are kind of like the heart. So that's why I keep, I keep going back to it, but it's just interesting how Austin seems to be so committed to a specific goal and always having so like a very finite thing to go for. And it seems like for you, I guess, Ed, you're still seeming to focus on on those things and having a general plan and and having security and things like that. But that you're a much more, I think, almost cerebral person, it seems like, as far as how you got into the game and how you developed your career seems to be more in the present, in the moment and pursuing what you enjoy um in the moment is that is that fair to say do you think sorry if i'm making too much of a leap you can feel free to say no but (laughs) no no you're you're good hopefully i can keep it together here um yeah yeah absolutely i think you know we we put a lot of our ourselves into the company and he and I complement each other very well. I think we have many similarities, but we also have plenty of differences too that we can feed off each other and kind of there's there's that dynamic of checks and balances that really even out our direction as a, a, a company here. And we've, I don't know, it's, you can insert any cliche here you know peanut butter and jelly whatever yeah um it's it's good i i it's i'm thankful for 
the amount of time we've had together to be able to form this partnership. It's, it speaks volumes for a business uh, to have that type of relationship where you, you understand one another and you can eventually uh, essentially finish each other's sentences. He knows what I'm going to do. <laughs> I know what he's sandwiches. <laughs> yes. yeah. It's important, you know, and, and that's kind of been the foundation of what we've been trying it to, to form here. We've built a really wonderful team full of like-minded individuals that do carry these same checks and balances. And it starts with, you know, how it began. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, and thanks for sharing with that with us. You know, that's again from an outside perspective. There's always been something, something different about the brand, about the interactions that you guys have with us as a community. Whether that be through you know coming on a podcast and being outright with this kind of stuff, or um, you know, like on the collector page, like you know, listening to people and always saying, Hey, you know, email us and, you know, actually responding and and like all, all these different little facets, but also like pushing your pros to be the best that they can be. And, and kind of their, their general vibe too, when they're on camera, I mean, that, that seems to come from a level of support and stuff like that. So I've always had this loose, this loose idea of of that dynamic that kind of shows on the consumer side at least for me um so it's really cool to see to have a better grasp of of where that comes from because i i think that shows um so so that's really cool so going in a little bit um back to kind of you going from right life to disc mania how how did that happen? Like, did you talk to UC or like how how did that relationship start forming? So basically, you know, I worked my way deeper into the right life, and I I also have another passion, woodworking, and and that's kind of what my role became after a while. And I, I made all the trophies for them. I really enjoy creating things so you know after a while i spent spent all my time in the basement just working on the lathe making <laughs> trophies that's awesome and yeah it was, it was it was peaceful it was enjoyable you know everybody else at top had everything handled i had been there long enough um austin found his way into disc mania by way of sponsorship and then you know fast forward a little bit obtained this job offer eventually moved out there uh, and then i took a couple wrong turns in my life and got too consumed with actually playing disc golf and i really focused on such a school at the time so i i found a different path and suit of horticulture at a community college front range college kept studying Arboriculture and horticulture and stuff like that. And anyway, I can remember having multiple conversations in the parking lot of class, you know, probably many days in a row for a few weeks. And the last thing I remember is he said, if, if I put your name in the hat, you know, 
on board and i said yeah absolutely and it may have been 48 hours later when they contacted me and offered me a trip out there and awesome. i i went out there and had my interview and luckily kyla she's she was very understanding of the whole thing and it wasn't easy at first but she you know she was ready to take that plunge with me yeah which for those who don't know kyla is your wife now wife at that time she was your girlfriend or were you, i don't even know i should probably know yeah. this you got married she a was. few years ago right i didn't i would have gotten oh. married last year but we had to postpone it oh okay and now our wedding is july 3rd oh well there you go i'm i'm the jerk now i don't even know <laughs> if my friend's married or not <laughs> I, I would i would be a married man already gotcha um but yeah i mean i've, I've taken a lot of career paths I think most of them are fairly consistent, but I moved out to North Carolina to be a, a technician for a security company, and I enjoyed that a lot. It was hard work, and then my end game was to go to uh, Sand Hills Community College, which is a very esteemed turf school for golf, and that's where I plan to stay. But my friend Desires brought me back to Colorado, and you know, it's it's interesting to reflect back on all of all good things and bad things that I, I can think of if, if I made one more incorrect or two more correct choices or what have you, I wouldn't be where I am today. My goals wouldn't have led me to where I am right now. It's kind of cool. Interesting. Yeah. That, that is, uh, that is pretty special, pretty unique. Cause I think a lot of people that I've talked to, especially if you look at the pro scene or even people really in the disc golf business have either just grown up in disc golf, um, a la, you know, Eagle and even like, I mean, I guess you see he, his background is kind of business and things like that. But I mean, in the area, I'm sure, you know, he's got his own, his own, um, lore in the disc golf industry before Dismania really took off. And, you know, everybody seems to be so deep rooted. It's really interesting that you have such a huge impact on the disc golf industry right now. Sorry if that's, maybe you think that's overstating. I don't know, but I think you do. And you don't really follow that that same that same like lineage that everybody else does so i think i think that's really cool and really special um and maybe a little bit of an encouragement for the people that are listening now even if you didn't grow up playing disc golf and you weren't a staple of the disc golf community since you were 15 or 10 or whatever it is or your parents didn't play disc golf i think a lot of of people can get discouraged by that and think, oh, well, you know, I don't have that background. It's really inspiring to hear all the different avenues that you've gone down, but what's carried you through, um, you know, it's been your relationships, your passion, and just your, I mean, characteristics as a person, it seems like, that have carried your, your, career and life path through so that's that's really cool man um really really unique story so um 
So yeah, I guess so. When you you went out to Dismania, you ended up getting a job. Um, I assume, considering <laughs> where you are now, <laughs> uh-huh. what what did you originally get hired on for? Were you just stamping and like warehouse stuff or business management or like what what all were you doing yeah. when you first got there? It was warehouse work. So when I, I went out there for my quote unquote interview, uh, Austin was in Vegas at the time at a trade show and I showed up, met whoever was there. And, uh, I remember Cheddar and I, Cheddar is Chad, <laughs> uh, a very loving term. Shout out to Chad, by the way, I hope you listen to this someday. Anyway, uh, I met, I met Ryan there said, Oh, well, Erno's not here yet. So why don't you go help out and cut turf? And I think Eric was there. Maybe. I suppose. Anyway, I was on there out on my hands and knees. Some Cali sun, the hot of this crap. <laughs> I don't know. How, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do anything. Like I, I literally just like, just got put to work like immediately before I met anybody. And uh, eventually Erno shows up. He's like, hello, I'm Erno. Like, would you like to talk? And okay cool and the rest was history but yeah it was it was for a warehouse job because eric was going to go on tour you know this was his job at the time and he was going to leave for the season to go tour you know and yeah okay and he had made that known and so that's kind of how the whole thing began so I, i helped out however i could and i could apply my wholesale and retail knowledge that Austin and I both are well-versed in at the time. I mean, directly, immediately, there was really no learning curve, which was very nice. Awesome. Uh, So then how long of doing that before you started taking on more responsibility and did that just kind of naturally develop because you just started, like, taking things by your own accord or did you get like assigned to you or like how, how did you end up growing into the role, the very influential role that you have now? It was fairly quick, I think, but not, not from like the larger standpoint, just kind of, it started out as this basic task that I turned into something larger, I suppose, or at least sunk too much of my own personal interest into it. um fair enough yeah i i've i'm the annoying person that always has a million ideas and (laughs) and and, and not one to be discouraged by told no so i I think a lot of things compounded on one another like the usdgt for example i i under i i learned that the, the the fins don't like their brand image to be messed with that was explicitly told to me over and over again. But I kind of did so anyway. <laughs> and we found ourselves racking our brains for like, what are the, what the heck are we going to bring to USDGC? And UC's like, well, we don't have any time. We don't have time to make anything, so we're just going to have to make do. And I was like, are you sure? And so I presented him with a, a new stamp, and I brought it in to him because we had already, of course, tested it without him being there and that and i i was ready to pack my stuff right there he liked it and you know things like that i'm i'm very 
persistent person. <laughs> I've kind of worked my way into the interworkings of this company, like the mystery box, for example. I, I think a lot of these instances of me kind of towing the line helped me to at least present myself as somebody who cared. Sure. I'm not saying that's the right way, the right thing to do in any company at all. You need to do what's expected of you and maybe not overstep your boundaries, but at least considering those options a little bit. Yeah. Maybe, maybe venturing just a little bit outside of anybody's comfort zone is allow you to at least show yourself, show to others that you're somebody that is worth keeping for a little while. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll throw another cliche, like fortune favors the bold, right? I mean, like you say, you don't want to be too bold and be crazy and just a loose cannon, but it seems like, you know, if you have a good head on your shoulders and good intuition, I think that's what, that's what combines. And I mean, here's, I'll kind of throw, throw it kind of back towards you because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now that want to get more involved either in their local communities disc golf scene or maybe in the professional side or you know really any aspect of disc golf that they just want to be more involved um like if you're if if someone's coming to you and saying hey i I, i've got an idea like what are you aren't you looking for that same kind of thing that sort of kind of you know, bright-eyedness or that wide-eyedness to bring something different? Like, isn't that, would you encourage people to do something similar for for their own ambitions with the disc golf world, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, hearing that statement makes me feel a bit like a hypocrite because we're obviously bombarded with all kinds of that stuff all the time. Like, hey, I have this new idea. And, of course, the natural reaction for somebody to do is, feel like like they've heard this all before, which may or may not be true. I don't know. But the best thing that anybody can do is have their new ideas and and kind of incorporate that into their own world and then expand upon. So basically you have your club. Let's put those ideas in this club. That club as the governing body can then turn to a larger source, whether it be dynamic discs or Innova or us or something like that. And then those ideas can can grow into something much larger. Awesome. I'm lucky enough to be affiliated with the source, so my ideas are naturally received a lot quicker or or deterred. But I think that a lot of people can apply that to their daily lives. The most we can do is try and help. Right. Yeah, that's, that's really good advice. Um, and I mean... One that luckily has, you know, and there, there's proof there. I mean, with all the stuff you guys are actually doing with, with local clubs, um, you know, you guys, while you're in SoCal, I know you guys worked with like Inland Flight Club quite a bit on growing the scene there. You guys, with your roots in Colorado, even when you guys were in SoCal, it seemed like you guys always threw some love back to, back to your hometown in Fort Collins and the Colorado scene. And I mean, this podcast being one thing, I mean, I basically hit, 
hit you and Austin up and said, hey, I want to start a podcast. Can I use Dismaniacs? Is that like a trademark thing or whatever? And pretty much got an instant reply like, yeah, go ahead, you know, do it. So, I mean, I I think if you if you do put your passion into it, if you show that you're creative, if you show that you've thought it through and and you have a game plan and you're willing to act on it, I think there's a lot of instances where you guys have nodded your head and said yes and and spread some of that passion for your own company into, you know, a local disc golf scene and stuff like that. So for those of you guys listening, if me, the stumbling podcaster slash YouTuber has anything to do with an example for you, you know, you guys can do it too. Just, um, you know, it seems like put your passion into it. Seems like the the overall trend. So, so yeah, um, really cool stuff, man. Uh, thank you so much for, I, I told you I'd thank you a million times. Thank you so much for, for sharing that part of your story. And I think that will give people a lot better idea of, of who you guys are just as a company. And, and sometimes we get lost in, oh, well, I wanted this stamp or like this mold or whatever, like all these day-to-day, week-to-week things that we tend to focus on that we forget that on the other side is are, are, are people that are very passionate about this game, that have their own stories, that, um, you know, are just, are just humans on the other side. So I really appreciate you giving us the opportunity to, to see that side. So, yeah, thanks for thanks for letting me share. Yeah, for sure. we we care a bunch, all of us. You know, that's the the beauty of what I've seen from our company so far is that each one of these people really enjoy what they do and they care about what people have to say. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I also this wasn't planned, but I kind of wanted to throw it to to Jaime a little bit, like ask ask you a question because. You guys, I mean, this is similar, again, to to something we talked a little bit with Austin about as far as... But you weren't here, actually, Jaime. So this this is a great opportunity now that I think about it. You guys are constantly around each other. And Mm -hmm. by you guys, I mean just the Discmania USA employees. Like, you guys are always doing stuff together. You play video games together. You play tournaments together. Um you know, how, how is that? Like you guys seem to balance that work and outside work relationship so well, more than I've seen any, 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 uh, company able to do, you know, I, I know people that work for their friends and stuff like that. And it's, it's tough. I mean, but I, I guess, do you feel like there's like a secret recipe that you could share with us or like, well, yeah, I yeah, sure. I mean, just from my standpoint, um, like Chris and Austin, right now they're not working; they're working from home because of the whole COVID stuff to be safe. But when they're at, even when they're not at work, they have an open door. Like they're open to hear anything. Their, their doors never closed. They're open to all these ideas. If we have an idea on the spot and run to the office, oh, or or just use Slack and just Slack them a message like, oh, I got this great idea, and it's open door. They they take it well and like, okay. We, if I see this and go farther, I'll, I'll pitch the idea and I don't know. And yeah, like outside of work, it's just, it's fun. We play lots of video games. Um, we, we go play disc golf. Like since I moved out here to Colorado, 
Chris is kind of made of a thing like, oh, you need to come play this tournament that I always used to play, which is coming up. It's called McCook, um, which I think I spoke about in the last tournament. But ever since I moved out here, Chris made it a thing like, yo, we had to play McCook every year. Just it's it's our thing. We need to go. And I'm, I'm happy that Chris has done that. And he's like, yeah, you need to come with me. So he's made Colorado feel like home. And it's hard moving from, sorry, from Cali to here. So I'm thankful for that. And what else? <laughs> um, but yeah, video games, like I said, that that's a big thing. We all like them. We all play them. And other than that, and we're all really competitive. Um, like super competitive. Like Chris and Austin, I'm going to throw out their secret, but uh, they're pretty fucking good at uh, spike ball. Um, they have this <laughs> this unique unique thing where they just they I don't know they can't beat them and they get inside your head and this is you, know, you can't stop it and it's it's fun like I said just carry carry that competitive nature so yeah interesting yeah so maybe it's just something to do with that you guys all have a way to channel that that isn't like with each other I I don't know maybe it comes down to communication if I mean if you if you guys have some notes if you guys like come back and one day you you figure out what exactly the the right combo is you guys got to share it with the world because yeah i think that's really special so so I, yeah um yeah so i think that i mean that's pretty much all the all the questions and everything i had just as far as you know your personal life and all that stuff so um again thanks i did want to get into some disc golf news that it seems like a few crazy things have happened. Um, first one, I feel like I have to address right out of the gate. Paul Macbeth getting $10 million on a 10 year contract to. Oh yeah. <laughs> Discraft. I mean, absolutely insane. I mean that, that, I mean, I don't think, any of the other contracts really for other pros are usually announced. Like I think they're pretty much kept in private as far as I know, but that has to be the biggest contract ever. Right? Like that's like, yes. Cause I oh, mean, yes. usually yeah. disc golfers get like one year, two year. I can't even think of anybody that has a three year contract really. Um, uh, didn't we just sign Eagle for three years, Chris? Right. Oh, I thought uh-huh. it was two for some yeah. reason. I thought it was three years. I'm pretty sure it was three years. Three-year contract. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there goes my my Dismania fan card. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I know you I'm guys. I'm just going to nod and smile. Yeah, I don't... exactly. Yes, I don't expect <laughs> I don't know. to disclose anything. <laughs> yeah. um, but, I mean, I, I did want to see, because I was – thinking about this like is this is this a one-off or are we gonna start moving to these huge contracts all like baseball and basketball and all this stuff like are we gonna start seeing 10-year contracts like is this do you guys feel like this is the new norm and you know chris obviously feel free to not speculate at all if you don't want to but um like, I, I just don't know if that's, is that, like, smart for, for disc golf right now? I mean, it, it seems like, I don't know. I guess we haven't had really the length of time to see if 
top elite players can stay elite for 10 years, you know, and like what their contribution can be over that period of time. But, um, I don't know. Do you guys feel like that's, we're going to keep seeing longer and longer contracts or like, is this, is this just a Uh, weird thing? In my opinion, companies have to grow. Discraft's been around on both the disc golf and also, uh, like the ultimate side of things. So they get, they're, they're a big, big company. Um, so I think they, they can afford things like that and companies, every disc golf company is growing. Um, so I just think that it's more of a, the, the company needs to grow, the, the, the sport needs to grow, which it is like, as we saw during this whole pandemic, people needed something to do. And a lot of them turned to uh, disc golf. And yeah. so money's coming in and I just think, yeah, it will, will eventually happen. Um, but soon, I don't know. That's, I don't know when exactly it will hit, um, for other players, but I think it will happen eventually for sure. Yeah. We'll get bigger, we'll get bigger names in the, in the game, like, like clothing brands, like Puma, like sponsors, like golf a lot, uh, Nike, obviously Adidas. It's, we need bigger names to come into the, I think the picture, throw more, more money into the sport basically. And I think that will happen. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. I don't know if you guys saw the the release video, but they kind of talked about Paul a bit transforming his role, how at Innova he was pretty much, I mean, they kind of alluded to that he was basically, you know, he was a player, you know, like that mm-hmm. was his role. And that it's different now because he actually gets to be involved with the molding process and all that stuff like the actual disc design yeah which i mean it, with simon he got to de- design the tilt so yeah. also it seems like a bit of an evolution for the roles that pros are actually playing in the industry itself and we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast but we were hoping that for those players that are influential, that as it grows, they have avenues to continue careers outside of just playing the game. So I think that for me, that this is a good sign that that is going to be sustainable for, for pro players, you know, that when Paul Macbeth, even if he, you know, five years from now, he's not able to, you know, be a world champion contender, which, you know, I'm sure Paul will say, yeah, he's going to be a world champ contender for 20 years. Cause that's Paul, but let's say he doesn't, then he's already involved with the process and, you know, maybe a little bit more on the marketing side. If we have players like drew for infinite, you know, he's out there making videos and, for different brands and stuff like that. So he's got Mm -hmm. a special role that he's kind of paving his own lane for. Do you guys think we're going to see more of that? Like players getting more involved with things other than just being a professional player? Like, do you think that's something that's going to open up more? This is the the hot take portion of the, upshot podcast yeah exactly (laughs) um i think that the precedent that disc made or god 
that's the same thing that people do to us that I just <laughs> discraft. Yeah. We're not Titanic this. Um I think that it set a standard, but I don't think that it's going to continue. Now, that doesn't mean that the, the money isn't going to equivalent that right. direction in the future. But, I mean, if you take the NBA or the NFL or something like that, nobody signs a 10-year deal at all. This just basically set the example. We're the first to do it. The money is there, which is substantial. That's fantastic. You know, I hope every B to A level and beyond player is able to consider that amount of money in the future. But moving forward, I don't think that this 10-year deal thing is going to be a mainstay for most deals out there. Like that doesn't – it just doesn't happen in the sports world. Sure. Yeah, but I mean – it's pretty cool. It, as far as players having that kind of longevity – in the industry itself i think there's there's plenty of hope for for something like that right like well i mean say... let's take a jordan brand for example i mean paul is you know he is a savvy businessman nowadays i mean he's turned himself into a brand and he's smart enough to realize that hey i'm not going to be as competitive for forever so let's turn my sights onto something bigger. I see the bigger picture here. Let's invest myself to this company. Yeah. And grow my brand and their brand together. And I think this is a prime example of what a lot of the players are now considering for their futures as well. Like, I mean, Eagle has always kind of considered this bigger picture from the beginning. And that's one thing I've always admired about him is that He's not only, he he's not focused on the here and now. He he does look a few years further. You know, that's one of the main reasons why we're lucky to still have him, because he, he does not really relish in the moment right now, but he, you know, he kind of plans a few years ahead. Sure. And that's exactly what Paul did. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, if you look at even like uh on the Discraft side, you look at like Nate Doss, like this, the guy's just, he's running a brewery and, you know, just making beers and living up life in, in Oregon these days. But I mean, whenever I, luckily I live close. So I have actually been able to meet him and drink some of his beers and stuff like that. Like if, if I have an interaction with Nate Doss, it's still, leaves an impression on me for Discraft as a brand because they're somewhat synonymous. And so, yeah, I, I think it's cool that players are able to utilize that and that the brands also seem to be, you know, Discmania, all brands are, are taking advantage of that as well and building that relationship. Um, because, yeah, like on the Dismania side, for instance, it seems like you guys have never had a problem with, you know, Eagle having his own. I mean, the Eagle wings stamp and I mean, you guys put the Eagle and Simon logos on your sticker sheets and all that stuff like you've you've helped them build those brands. And so it's really cool to see that that on both sides, it seems to be a nice symbiotic relationship and yeah, like you said, maybe this is just 
the epitome of that at the at the moment. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And then uh, also we had we had LVC going down. Speaking of Eagle, this man throwing mm-hmm. the tilt upside down <laughs> on hole eighteen. Oh. Talk about swag. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Here's a question I have for you. Is the up de- upside down tilt shot actually the play for the final hole at LVC? Because you constantly see people like check up on because it's uphill to that green mm-hmm. on hole 18. So you see people constantly check up or they'll catch a weird cut roll or something like that. And the tilt yeah. actually just like slid up the green and like pin high. So like obviously there's he wouldn't have done that if he had the lead or, yeah. or like if he didn't have a confident lead or would he have like is that actually the play that's my hot take the upside down tilt <laughs> shot is actually the play and it wasn't a showboat <laughs> accurate or no <laughs> it's a lukewarm take it's a lukewarm all right fair enough I'll... I, mean, I, I, I let, let's say he finds himself Packed by one or ahead by one, something like that. No, I don't think he's throwing that shot. Okay, but fair enough. you know, let's fast forward to 2022. I think he might consider it. I mean, heck, he almost parked the darn thing. <laughs> See, that's that's the part I'm saying. I'm doing a really good job of filtering my grammar here, by the way. Like, I'm, <laughs> typically, I'm I'm a very colorful speaker in some instances. Um, but uh i don't know i i think that he might consider it for the next time because that was a fantastic shot and and the fact that it landed upside down like you just said it it allowed it to scoot up a little bit rather than you're not going to flare off anywhere you're not going to get checked into that hill Mm -hmm. he had uh, he if he chose to run that putt he certainly would have at least drawn metal probably made it yeah, for sure, and he was. That's probably the appropriate shot. I, I think he, I think he practiced it for sure. Like, but like he's like, ah, oh, if I'm up by this much X amount, I'm gonna do it. But yeah, I definitely think it was a uh, like, oh, this is the shot guaranteed. <laughs> you don't think that's, that's, just that's my the case? Take on it. <laughs> no, no, I mean, yeah, mm. fair enough. I mean, yeah, it. I think. Okay, so to revise my statement, I I do think that for sure, yeah, like you said, Chris, he's not going to be throwing that. Like, maybe he throws... Like, that's the part that gets me, is that I think about the available shots from there, and I feel like usually he would throw... Would he still throw, like, an FD3 or something like that? I'm trying to think of what players kind of usually throw or just like a mid probably yeah um, perhaps yeah so i'm just thinking like I, hey that that seems like an appropriate an appropriate decision so i just thought that was kind of cool that nobody seems to be talking about that it's actually a really good play <laughs> so, I, i'm thankful that he ha- found himself in that position yes yeah, give sure. it a shot because like the tilt itself is is sort of an enigma no no shout outs to the actual <laughs> um, good marketing 
it's <laughs> it's been kind of this like legend that people have experienced maybe like kind of half-heartedly half-heartedly themselves but they've never actually seen somebody do anything with it like yeah. an actual pro so i'm i'm we're fortunate that this has been captured on film or like, <laughs> holy crap like this is this is a weird thing yeah and yeah i don't know it's like the 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 quote that'll always stand out in my mind is basically like first tried it out a couple of weeks later he came back and reported to us and said like this disc is is going to be useful to i guess i'm paraphrasing now uh but to achieve or create new shots that don't even exist yet basically like the shots that this tilt is going to be able to create have not ever before and that's pretty cool and that's something that nobody's ever really been able to say so far. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think that I have actually discovered a shot with it that I have seen no one else in any video or any post online uh, detail, which is if you throw it on a tomahawk line, it actually it doesn't turn into a tomahawk where a tomahawk pans right and then dumps left. It just, it pans right for a little bit, but then the bottom dumps out on it and it turns into a roller and it cuts right. <laughs> wow. Like you, you can throw like a flex forehand roller. It's like an Annie roller basically. Huh. Which, yeah. So next time you, you go out and throw your tilt, try it out. Um, I'm super excited Me, for the premium to come out, obviously. Which is that? Is that like a confirmed 100% thing? I feel free to say no if it's not official, but I I keep seeing people saying, "Oh, it's coming out in premium plastic." But have I? I don't think I've seen anything official on that. So, anyways, if and when, um, that'll be interesting because then I can keep throwing that throwing that weird Annie Flex roller tomahawk <laughs> so try that out if you guys haven't it's a pretty fun shot okay, okay. yeah uh i still yeah, have to uh, get one <laughs> yeah do that first acquire yourself one <laughs> we uh we uh i let chris throw mine but i know chris was there when i tried the thumber i can't throw a tomahawk i never or i never really tried to throw one um but i thrown he the lies. thumber <laughs> and I it, it didn't turn into a roller for me and cut left because obviously like your time won't cut right and yeah. but it like it slowly if you get enough air it'll slowly like start to try to come back like a normal thumb roller but if not it just holds like going left a little bit and then like a late fade right right like where a regular thumber kind of like goes straight does its thing and you know lands where it's supposed to land this one yeah it was weird yeah I'm, I'm throwing my tomahawks at like 10 o'clock probably um and yeah it just like completely comes out of it it doesn't do a tomahawk thing at all which was pretty interesting <laughs> um so yeah uh enough on the tilt but uh yeah i think that whole that whole tournament was cool to watch obviously the wind was crazy i think that's one thing actually here here's one final semi hot take lukewarm take because everybody knows that eagle has a monstrous forehand mm-hmm. um but it seemed to me like when he was getting the advantage on people when he was like eagling when everybody on the on the card was parring was when he was throwing his forehand 
Oh. Like, is Eagles forehand, <laughs> like, actually the reason that he's, like, potentially the best player in the game? I feel like, like, that seems to be what separates him from everything is, like, obviously he can crush backhand. His putt is money. But you don't see the money putt and the crushes and the forehand. Like, I feel like that's what the, what accelerates him beyond everybody else is actually his forehand. And I think this tournament proved that. Like, do you guys feel like that's, is that is that lukewarm? Is that hot? Is that a cold take? What do you guys think? Uh, well, I mean, if you grab a disc uh, and tr- set up your forehand, like, your arm does not go as far back as Eagle's forehand does. So, like, he has a whole extra, like, half of a wind-up than you do or than we do, and it's just unreal, and maybe that's what it is. Um, And, yeah, I can't bend my arm back. That. I'm doing it right now, chat, but, yeah, it's not working. <laughs> and it, yeah, I think that's what it is. The dude's maybe he's disjointed or he's super flexible, but, yeah, I think that's what it is. Oh, uh, so you're saying, like, where his like shoulder and elbow, like the fact that he can go behind his body more is something. Yes. Yes. I've never noticed like, that actually. Yeah. Like the, they, they catch they capture him like still frames of like his sidearm and it's way farther back than anybody else's. Interesting. I'll have to take a look at that. Cause and yeah, I haven't an- noticed. Another thing is Chris can answer this, but Colorado people, Sorry, Colorado disc golfers know how to putt in the wind, dude. Like the, the springtime here is unreal. Sometimes there's windy days, and I think they just go out there and play in the wind and they learn how to do it, and they're just phenomenal putters in the wind. Uh, it got windy there in Vegas that year, it was super windy. Didn't Eagle win it? Yep, yeah, and also he was, and then he won it this year, still a little windy. He was yeah, banging was, putts, yeah, he he made some. Some insane putts. I forget what hole it is, but um, one of the elevated baskets, and he was like kind of under some tree limbs, and so he had to do like a nose up spin, which I know he already he he spins, but he doesn't like super nose up. People, mm-hmm. I feel like people always say like, "Oh, eagle nose up spins." Like you have to put the nose up to spin putt. He throws pretty flat, in in my opinion. Maybe that's maybe I'm wrong, but. Anyways, he had to do this crazy like up hit, uh, uh, nose up spin putt, and yeah, he was he was canning them all. It was pretty insane. Like I feel like all the highlights were like fifty footer spin putts, um, except for Brody, who made like a sixty foot scuba putt in the wind, which <laughs> I guess is just the Brody special nowadays. I'm just gonna start calling the scoob the brody i think he's he's yeah. earned it yeah i agree it's good to see some some new stuff out there that people can't try and emulate yeah I, i'm kind of curious if he's gonna get his own like signature like scoob disc like some something like the tilt but just like or like the the turbo you know putter but something mm. just that's money for scoobs like <laughs> i'm i'm waiting okay. for that drop to happen I can see that. Yeah. That's oh, good and uh, speaking of of drops, if you listen to the last episode, we did wager on what James Conrad's first tour series disc was going to be, and hats off to Jaime 
for guessing correctly, a tour series Volt was the winner. So there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jaime, Thank you've you. got uh, you've got two beers coming from me, and at least a beer from from Tyler coming in hot your way. So uh, good luck. <laughs> I'm gonna see him on Sunday, so I'm gonna get it from then. Where the heck is Tyler anyway? Uh, you know, uh, no. he's he's I, out and about. He's playing tournaments. No. <laughs> yeah, it seems when we bring on guests, one person's missing. Um, as we brought on Austin, I was gone. I was in California, and then we bring on you, and Tyler's gone. So next, next is Dave. <laughs> Dave will not be here the next time we bring on a guest. Yeah, which means no podcast. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys will talk, and nobody will be recording. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll have True. to invite all the listeners to the Discord or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, guys, it's uh, it's about time to wrap up. Um, thank you guys so much, those of you who are listening. Um, we appreciate all the positive feedback we've been getting and yes, um, everything. Uh, make sure to, if you're watching on... YouTube, drop us a comment, drop us a like, uh, check out the YouTube if you're not using on it. It's uh, Thunder Disc Golf. That's my YouTube. Uh, check out Jaime on TikTok. Uh, Jaime, uh, you want to drop that, that TikTok username? <laughs> uh, when I start making TikTok, sure. <laughs> I will. Uh, yeah. And Chris, anything you want to shout out before we get off of here? Uh, I would just want to thank you guys for having me on here. And uh, for my shout out, I want to give a special mention to Bill Wright, who it's actually his birthday today. So happy birthday, Bill. Yay! Thank you for happy making birthday. everything possible for us. And I uh, hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a good time shredding it up in the slopes. It's good to, to share a little bit. I appreciate you guys having me on here. Um, I, I also very much appreciate the patience of everybody out there. I know this has been a tough time. There's good things to come, you know. I, I we just got to get through this together. I, I appreciate appreciate each and every one of you, and enjoyed getting to know all of you. If you have ever, ever have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to us, and we'll be glad to help you out. Awesome, cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you, Jaime and Chris, for joining me during this episode, and we will catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Thanks, guys.